Welcome to the Cannabis 101 podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. Here's your host, Dean Millard. Hello there and welcome to the Cannabis 101 podcast. My name is Dean Millard. Thank you very much for downloading or watching uh, this episode really appreciate that you have done it so good morning good afternoon good evening uh, depending on what time you're listening or watching to this uh, there's one thing about this show it's not just about getting high it's about getting healthy uh, we are going to talk about uh, effects of uh, thc and and getting high but that's not what this show is all about uh, it's about the entire plant and the entire industry and educating and entertaining you uh, when it comes to cannabis. Now, there is one particular way that we start things off on this show, and that is finding out what's your groove. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Can you dig it? Kind of grabs you by the boo boo, don't it? Pipe in a crate, long in a blitz. This is great. This is the bee's knees. Can you dig it? So when I say what's your groove, I mean, if you are going with some cannabis while listening to this show, I would love to know what it is. Maybe it's a joint, a bong, uh, some CBD, flour, edibles, a drink, who knows? Uh, I've got some uh, Royal High uh, Super Skunk uh, that I'm going with. Uh, comes in a nice uh, pouch. And as I reach back to grab the uh, old Hexasaurus Rex, I will get my groove on, and then we will uh, get on with the show. Very, very nice. Very, very nice. I'm a big terpene guy. Uh, it has a carry off lean. It's loaded with my favorite terpene. L I V I N. All right. Now that I have my groove on, it is time to tell you what is coming down the pipe uh, for this episode, the 46th of the Cannabis 101 podcast. Melka LaBelle is going to join me every week for the business of cannabis. She'll be the featured guest today. She's from the Green. Generation Co. Uh, David Wiley, of course, from the OZ, will join me for this week in cannabis news. And Chris Ionson, our educator of Nova Cannabis, the manager on Chasparav, will be dropping by for What's That Strain? We are doing Cali O, uh, which is from Kiwi Cannabis. So I'm excited about that. Uh, we will give you our cannabis question. Uh, that is about your favorite place uh, to consume uh, this week. Uh, we will also tell you throughout the show how to get 50% off a DNA kit from Lobo Genetics. And we will be announcing 
the winner of the grand prize package, a huge, huge prize package uh, that we picked a winner for tonight for our April appreciation party. So we'll give you that a little bit later on in the show. But right now, uh, we should start things off with a question. More specifically, the cannabis question. It's prize time. Chime in on the cannabis question. Okay. And you could win a Cannabis 101 podcast prize pack. Pipe and a grape, bong and a blintz. Hit us up on any of our social media feeds or email us at Cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. Okay, here we go. So the cannabis question this week, what is your favorite place to consume? You can chime in on any of our social media feeds that you can see on the screen. If you're listening, you can find us on Twitter at the cannabis 101 on Instagram at the cannabis 101 podcast, Facebook. You can find our page at the cannabis 101 podcast, and you can email me if you would like to remain anonymous at cannabis 101 podcast at gmail.com so want to know your favorite place to consume and uh we're, we're leading the league in prizes so we'll have another prize pack to give away uh for that as we get your answers uh, so we'll throw a th- few things together as well for me it's my patio um and there's and there's different times i love the early morning quietness and the you know the 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 everything around me coming alive um afternoon you know maybe 4 20 but around four o'clock so much sunlight in that one area of of where our patio is so i really really love that time of the day and then late night you know i used to do radio i would get home at midnight go out there so quiet throw in some uh earbuds or some headphones listen to some music even watch a movie and smoke a doobie man it's so quiet nobody around so very peaceful so i want to know what is your and where is your favorite place to consume uh, when it comes to cannabis that is the cannabis question and we will have a prize pack to go along with that And now time for what goes well with cannabis. This is you pair anything with cannabis. What pairs well with cannabis for you? For me, it's music. Listening to a lot of music these days and, um, you know, sometimes there's a vibe about a certain song. I just find cannabis really enhances, um, you know, the the way I listen to it, the way I concentrate, uh, different things. Um, You know, I love reading about i love on uh, apple music you can read along with the lyrics and learning about a different song my perception changes a little bit so for me it's music that goes well with cannabis all right as soon as we hear this little ditty from the artist my dead dog this is the weed song when we come back after this we will tell you who is the winner of the april appreciation grand prize package Boom, 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 boom,
so smoke some grass It's time to bust out this is the Cannabis 101 podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. So we've been going with the April Appreciation Party. Uh, we've been celebrating 420 month, all of April. We were giving away a Regal Cigar every Friday during April, and it is now time to announce the grand prize winner. And you can see everything that is in the prize package on our Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook accounts. Big thanks to Andre from Regal Cigar, Jessica from Spirit Leaf Argyle, and uh, so many more people, but those two in particular really got me started with the full Regal Cigar Collection and a very cool glass beaker bong from Spirit Leaf Argyle. So, let me tell you who the winner of our grand prize package is. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really had a lot of fun giving away this prize package and collecting all of these packages or all of these prizes to make this giant, you might say huge package. Huge. That's huge. 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 It is uh, very, very huge. Uh, and it's worth a lot of. So anyway, without further ado, and uh, without any more of my uh, cheesy sound effects, I want to congratulate Brody as our grand prize winner. You can see the video on our Instagram page, Twitter, and Facebook, but congratulations, Brody. We'll be in touch, touch rather. You have won a massive, massive prize package, and we'll be doing this every month not as big we won't have a prize package this big every month i don't think but we will have something to give away every month and this is how you enter subscribe to the weed weekly at www.cannabis101podcast.ca that's it you'll get a, new, uh, a weed weekly newsletter every friday and you're in the mix for our monthly giveaways so congratulations to Brody. Thanks to everybody who has subscribed and uh, can't wait to keep in touch with you with the Weed Weekly. All right, we're going to chat with Melka LaBelle from the Green Generation Co. When we come back, this is the Cannabis 101 podcast. is the Cannabis 101 podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. Pleased to welcome to the Cannabis 101 podcast. Uh, she's going to join us every week for the business of cannabis as there is 
a lot to discuss uh, when you when you talk about the business of cannabis. Malka LaBelle is joining me here on the Cannabis 101 podcast. Uh, she is the founder of the Green Generation Co. Melka, thanks very much for joining me. How are you today? Hi, Dean. Thanks so much for having me. I am doing well. Excellent. I'm really looking forward to chatting with you each week and learning um, a lot more about uh, different aspects of the uh, cannabis industry, but I always like to find out uh, just a little bit of a background information with my guests. And for the most part, we all did something before legalization. Uh, so what was, uh, you know, what was uh, your career before you decided to get in with the Green Generation Co.? Yeah, that's great. Yeah, so I, my career has always been in, in sales, uh, high-level uh, high B2B sales for big companies. I work for um, Xerox and uh, Dell, uh, Pitney Bowes, uh, and Curolator, um, and most recently uh, in the oil and gas business uh, for five years, selling software, hardware technology services, and things like that. So I always sort of was on the, the cutting edge of selling we used to call it vaporware. So that's like, you know, not a fully baked product, but I would, I would be really good at finding the clients that were interested in getting in at the ground level and helping to build and shape um, the, the products and services that I was selling. And that was where my successes were for about 15 years before embarking on the cannabis um, world. So, uh, um, yeah. Was was the cannabis world um, like uh, kind of on your radar? I guess you know. I, I I assume most people, but I guess I shouldn't assume. But I assume most people that are in the cannabis industry um, are also involved in cannabis in their personal life. So I guess I guess why is cannabis important to you uh, in your personal life? And that's a great question. And yeah, and I actually find more and more people that have no previous experience with cannabis. And mm. that I find can be a challenging, challenging thing uh, on the business side of it. But my experience is really multifaceted. So I really got started, obviously, as a, as a user, early days, I would say, in my, in my late teens. Took a break for a long time. And then when I met my husband um, at university, um, you know, he was a user and, and he exposed me to lots of other people that were using the product. It is a recreational, they have pills thing. But I really got interested in the business of cannabis um, in about 2014 or 15. Um, I became a patient. So I was one of the initial patients in Calgary with Natural Health Services um, and, and sort of learned about the, med- the newly began medical world and, and how that all worked. Um, from the patient side, trying to use it as a, a supplement to my other, um, you know, other medical things that I was, you know, doing at the time. Um, and then I started getting involved in the investment side. So I had uh, some really good tips from some early um, people that got involved really early days, like prior to IPO. Um, and I bought stock. I bought penny stock from all of pretty much all of the like producers um, at IPO. And held on to them uh, to the point when they actually made money for me, and then sold most of them. Until now, I have a still a basket. So I was an early investor, mm. and following the the information on the investment side, I was a user from a medical side, and then I went and did my MBA, and I put on my hat um, as a business, you know, master student, and in the conversation with other Canadian students from across the country. And that's when things really started to crystallize is that I had a, a much more understanding of what this legalization meant. So I did my MBA in 2018 and legalization happened in October of that year. 
we were in our third semester uh, through Queens. And the questions that were coming up about the industry were part of our curriculum. Like we had to do projects with several of our classes um, revolving around that because it was very um, current event type stuff, business and everything. So I had a different perspective and people would continuously ask me uh, what my perspectives, my opinions were on this space. Um, and that's sort of when I realized maybe that I had something here that could could be a business, really. And that's how the Green Generation company got started. Was It was actually a project, a business model canvas project in our entrepreneurial class uh, in my MBA. And the Green Generation company um, had nothing to do with cannabis. It was actually a renewable energy uh, franchise model that did not do well as a class project. Um, but I took the, t- the time to get to know my profs and my instructors and the people that were adjudicating me in that class, as well as the tips that I was getting in the mail. And what that means is we were in 2018 and I was getting a bunch of mail because I had incorporated the Green Generation Company in early 2018. And the junk mail that was coming to me was all about the cannabis business, hmm. invitations for conferences and events. And I'm like, hmm, maybe the Green Generation Somebody thinks this has to do with cannabis. Um, maybe I should pivot. And that's exactly what I did. Is at the end of my program, I finished my incorporation articles and, and turned the business into um, a consulting, basically, uh, for new business development um, on the cannabis side. Wow. Uh, I love that, uh, that backstory and, and I love so many people have different backstories, but, uh, it, it's so amazing when, uh, you're, you're going down one road and then it, you know, the path changes and leads you to something different, but that's something different for you is, 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 is the cannabis industry, which is, uh, something you've been passionate about for, you know, uh, as a, especially as, as a patient. So, it's amazing when things pivot into something that you have so much passion about, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And and the funny thing is that, you know, I don't know if you've heard the expression, the golden handshake. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of those ones where, you know, you get you get fired from your from your job and it releases you from your obligations to do the, the corporate thing. And that's exactly what happened in 2018. In the middle of my MBA, uh, I got let go from my oil and gas company job. And I'm like, hmm, what should I do now? And so the opportunity was obvious. Um, and it just it was just all things were lining up. So here we are. Oh, that's awesome. We're speaking with Malcolm LaBelle of the Green Generation Co. Uh, she'll join us every week for the business of cannabis. Uh, so give us an overview of what the Green Generation Co. is all about. Uh, obviously, you mentioned consulting, but uh, tell us about the company. Yeah, so, I mean, the company really, um, it's all about um, what I think is my, my mandate, which is ending the stigma on cannabis. Um, it's, and what that means to me is that I, I function in several ways um, for my clients and for the industry. Um, so for my clients, I'm a consultant, and I help them with strategizing um, how to enter the market um, if they already have their license or where they need to go to get. Um, you know, assistance with getting their licensing in place, um, but also um, consulting with them on how to not just commoditize their products, because I think that that's kind of a harm that's been put on the place on the industry. So it's about consulting uh, in a sustainable manner for businesses to connect what they're doing to, to agriculture, to food sustainability, to green energy. Um, and a lot of your other clients have talked about that, and some of them are actually my clients as well, 
because their models of what cannabis can be um, are a lot beyond getting high. And that's what I'm trying to, that's the message and the purpose of my company. And I do that through consulting, through connecting. So I have a massive network of people and resources, both on investment side, um, suppliers, partners, and I connect people to other people that they need to help grow their business and developing their ideas. So a lot of them have really cool, bright ideas, and they're just not really sure how to take that idea and turn that into a, something that's of a business value. And that's, you know, with strategic planning and, and operational planning and, and creating revenue streams and giving them different ways of thinking about what they're doing to help their business grow. Um, so that's a big part of what I do. And then, of course, the, the education and advocacy. So you're the educate, education piece that I truly believe in. Everybody needs a one-on-one education on cannabis. Mm-hmm. Even children need a one-on-one education on cannabis. Mm-hmm. So because they need to understand that um, it's a plant. First and foremost, it's something that grows out of the soil. And that has value in and of itself. And I believe that that has been lost a lot along the way that we have been going about this. Um, but there is a message to all of this, and that education needs to happen. And that's a huge thing that I'm working on. And tied to that is the advocacy. Um, so I'm part of the National Cannabis Working Group with the Chamber of Commerce of Canada. Um, so there is a, a platform there um, to speak to government face-to-face as well as to speak to other members of the chamber, which is literally every other business in Canada, uh, or most of them, as well as the other cannabis companies, the LPs and the retailers, everybody in the in the mix are on these calls and in these groups listening to each other and the plight of every individual group. So I feel that by having a platform and being part of this group, I could advocate for this group as well as my own clients um, and to the other stakeholders. And that's a huge part about what I do. Well, it seems like uh, you are able to work with, um, you know, a, a whole bunch of, uh, you know, a big cross section of the of the cannabis industry. And, and I don't think you'll ever get bored because there is so much and uh, so much there and so much more developing all the time. Um, I, I wonder um, when you first thought, hey, I'm going to get into the uh, the cannabis sector, um, if you were like me and thought, I'm going to get into this and, and this is going to be like any other business. And then you realize, wow, there's a lot of uh, regulations. At least that was my uh, initial uh, thought. And then, you know, the the whole, uh, I'm going to do all these things kind of went away as you realize there's only so much you can do. Uh, so what was your initial reaction to kind of the, the legalization rollout uh, that we have seen? Honestly, I think that the Canadian government did a fantastic job initially um, about setting a super tight, lid on how things are going to roll up. Now, do I think it's still the case today? Um, maybe not. But I think that what can what the Canadian government did was set a precedent on the quality of how we do things in Canada, which is not unlike how we do anything else. Canada is known worldwide for its high standards of, of quality, of uh, safety, of, of morals and integrity. And by creating uh, a framework that is extremely hard to get into um, has ultimately kept that at the highest standard. Now that we've been into it for a year and a half and the regulations have not changed, my a lot of the things that I'm working on with my clients are, I'm not going to say workarounds because they're not workarounds. They're how do you think about this differently and why are you doing this? Because 
I think the biggest harm that has happened in the cannabis industry is everybody and their dog saying, I'm going to go in and get rich from this industry. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to do this the way it's always been done. Um, As in, you know, I'm going to treat it like tobacco or like alcohol or like every other thing that's in a package. And that is harmful because the plant is so much more than anyone or any all of those really entities combined. And we are just getting started with the full value of the cannabis plant. And that's why my mandate is to end the stigma about it. Not It's not just about getting high because there are so much val- more value that can be extracted from education, learning, and how we do so many other things. Not just consuming cannabis, but using it as an energy source, as a biomass, as a new construction material, as a carbon sink. That's what the Green Generation is all about. It's about, you know, the regulatory framework allowed us to really only get, the people that are only allowed to to make and grow and and sell cannabis are the ones that are well-funded and have a clear path to success. Um, And and that has a a double-edged sword but I think it is ultimately necessary um, and still in the work. Um, so I think I have a different answer than most people and probably a longer one than you would expect it, Dean. But um, that's what I'm all about, is sharing all of the other possibilities that cannabis can bring to the world other than it being a plant that you could smoke. Well, the very second show we ever did uh, was a show on hemp, and uh, I had my eyes opened up to... Uh, hempcrete and uh, the amount of uh, good that uh, a hemp field does for the environment. I mean, this should just be a crop that's planted randomly all over our world uh, for for the uh, the benefit to the environment it does. And and I and I think the Canadian government is letting it out a little bit at a time. It's like a giant cannabis balloon. They're trying to make sure you know the eyes of the world are on us as the first G seven country to legalize. So. Uh, we have to take it uh, carefully and slow, and, and we will get there at some point. Uh, having said that, what do you think is the next big thing for the cannabis industry? Uh, you know, we've seen the rollout of year one, and then we've seen some products for year two. Um, you know, it, it, what do you think it is? It's, it, 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 there, there's so many possibilities. What's on your radar? Well, I guess what I would like it to be and what I'm really pushing it to be is that we change the narrative, especially in COVID, that the cannabis uh, plant is giving us the opportunity to relearn about um, agriculture and uh, permaculture and indoor farming and food sustainability. Um, And it's not just uh, an edible. It's not just a THC. It's not just a highly potent drug. It is literally the answer, in my opinion, um, for regenerating um, life as we know it um, and making it more green. And that's what the Green Generation, I guess, are, like I keep saying, is our mandate is all about that. But, I mean, what I'm seeing from some of my clients and their, their business models that they're creating is that cannabis is giving them a chance to unlock some of the well-known secrets about agriculture and, and regenerative agriculture and removing of pesticides and forget about chemicals and like literally taking down big pharma, uh, big agra and putting the power back into the people that grow this thing from living soil in which it comes. And that's the businesses that I support. And those are the ones that I think they don't need a ton of money. They just need a little bit to get to the next level to clear the regulatory hurdles. 
But what they're doing is massively empowering to Canada and to the world. Um, and that's something way bigger than just the plant. Uh, so I see that as being the 3.0, the 4.0, the 5.0, and really the rebuilding of our environment. Um, because uh, as we all know, we went into COVID having a massive, um, you know, greenhouse gas problem and the oil and gas business and, and all of the sort of the, the things that are scary and uh, bad for our world that we've created. They're man-made things that we've created. I believe that we have the opportunity to go back in and start that over. And cannabis is the catalyst for that. I, uh, I agree uh, on that. Uh, I, I really think that, um, you know, legalization was one thing, but I think we can continue. Uh, and, and I like the, the, the reboot of, uh, the, the education. So speaking of that, this is the business of cannabis, a regular segment, uh, that we will have featuring Malcolm LaBelle from uh, the Green Generation Co. Uh, she'll join us every week to chat about uh, the business of cannabis. And let's get right into that uh, now, Malka. Uh, the, the first kind of topic we have is uh, why uh, the CPG model isn't working. And, and maybe can you give us a little backstory uh, when it comes to recreational versus medical cannabis and uh, the CPG model? Sure. Thanks, Dean. Yeah, so... I didn't fully understand the whole CPG. So CPG stands for Consumer Packaged Goods. Mm -hmm. And that's, I guess, the framework um, that multiple different people or groups or whatever decided was the best way to make the cannabis legalization happen. Um, because CBD products are considered like, I mean, all alcohol is considered CBD tobacco products. Um, basically anything that's inside a package that has a label on it that Arguably, what's inside could be um, distinct, could be um, traded out for something else that's the same but has a different, is made somewhere else. So, what I'm saying about that is the CPG model is the only really thing that that, the, that you know about it is that there's a label on it that tells you what it is, and there's a lot of branding and uh, supported by big advertising dollars over you know decades in some cases or centuries in other cases that really gives the value to the product. Um, and I believe that that is a wrong way to think about cannabis. It's like saying it's the Coke story is a classic example. And this is what I write about from the difference between recreational and medical. You know, cannabis as a plant is, has a lot of um, therapeutic benefits. But by making a, some kind of distinction that it's available recreationally or it's for medical purposes, yet it's the same thing, is basically saying that, you know, smoking cigarettes is good for you. Mm. Right. So that's the harm that I think is being caused by putting the CPG label on the industry. And when I went to Listing Co. in January and I heard all the big companies talking about this, that we're now conforming to putting these, this cannabis into a plastic container of all things, a, a, some kind of a tamper proof lid on it and, um, you know, putting a label on it. And in the Canadian way, the Canadian legalization says you can't make your label your label is this is just look like everyone else's. Mm -hmm. Your logo is only allowed to be, you know, four mil, you know, four millimeters high in one color. And you can't make any claims on your product that way. So for a CPG brand, that's like the death sentence because now their product looks like everything else on the shelf. But traditionally, big CPG brands like Coca-Cola, like the alcohol world, like Kraft Dinner, like Dove, you know, Dove beauty products, like Tide Laundry. 
those are all products that have millions and billions of dollars of advertising behind their brand. So that when you opened up that box or you chose that box off the shelf, you had belief and trust in what was in it because of the label and the brand that was on it. And that just doesn't apply to cannabis. Um, You can't accurately depict on the label, whether it has any information or not, what's going to happen when you use that product inside just because of the variability of how cannabis interacts with the human body. There is no consistent result um, from person to person that you can unanimously say, oh, yes, this blue package of cannabis is going to do the same thing for me as it does to, some, it does to somebody else and that I can always trust in that. And it, cannabis just doesn't work that way. It has much more therapeutic, I would, you know, medical properties where they really need guidance and dosing instructions from someone that has a bit more information about um, your body and your your uh, metabolic systems than an, an individual would. And that's really what I think is the basis for the, the harm that the CPT industry has cast on this. And um, yeah, part of the thesis on why I think it's a bad thing. So uh, I, I agree. I think it it's uh, uh, just strange how everything uh, does look exactly the same. Um, and, and you're right. It is much different than a bottle of Coke or diet Coke, where you know exactly how that's going to taste and, and, and all that. So what, what is in your opinion, the solution to uh, the CPG model right now? Awesome. Thank you for asking me about that. Cause I'm just working on right now on a, on a, on a piece for this uh, that I'll be uh, publishing shortly. So instead, I think that it should be um, pharmaceutical versus therapeutic or pharmaceutical versus, versus natural wellness or naturopathic. So if you think about it more on the, on like, a, if you think about more of a drug side, um, you know, there's the whole pharmaceutical medicine, right? Where, you know, the drug companies get a hold of these patents and they, they find the, the one little key thing that's different than everything else. And then they go and patent that technology or that thing. And then they spend billions of dollars advertising that to doctors and then and the public also. And they turn their magic potion or their magic thing into a billion-dollar business. So I think there's value in that. And I think that's really valuable for an investment perspective um, and for people that are, are wanting to spend big money and biotech and investors that want to get involved with the industry from a scientific and synth- almost a synthetic standpoint. There are people that are working on this right now where they believe that the cannabis plant is nothing more than the 1% to 3% THC that exists in the plant. And as soon as they can figure out how to do that in a lab, the, blow, the growing of the plant is gone, and they just will do it in a lab and make the synthetic you know, compounds. There are people that are working on this full-time right now. And they will have their day, and they will turn it into a pharmacological drug, and they will be able to dispense that to the millions and billions of people around the world that could use cannabis instead of like an opioid or instead of other very harmful like steroids steroids are really used for inflammation same like cannabis can be used for inflammation steroids are very harmful to your health but cannabis doesn't have the same side effects so the pharmacological aspect is massive and the dollars behind that are also going to be massive on the other side there's the natural naturopathic or just the more like organic version so what grows out of the soil um, can also be consumed and it doesn't necessarily need to be dosed Right, it's it's a it's a human experiment, just like a, a a natural wellness product. So just like you would find, you know, vitamins or 
your essential oils, for example, all of those types of products, they're not going to harm you. And, you know, if you take a ton of them um, at one time, they may make you feel kind of sick. Um, they may make you feel like you're not, you know, you might need to take a nap or you have a tummy ache, but they're not going to kill you in, in, in overdose. Um, but the, if you think about cannabis as a natural wellness therapy that's co- accompanied by um, some kind of person that can help you through that process if you're new to it, like a holistic practitioner, like a chiropractor or physiotherapist or even a doctor or someone that just knows a bit more about human physiology than you do. Uh, because the endocannabinoid system, which we now know exists all over our body, has millions of receptor sites that cannabis naturally goes into. And that level of uh, medical knowledge, I think, is really necessary for people to understand how dosing works and how to take cannabis effectively in eating it, in rubbing it on their bodies, um, and using it for, for therapeutic uses alongside everything else that they're already doing in their life. And for the for pharmaceutical perspective, it needs to be dosed by a doctor, and the, and the dosing consistency is just not there yet. So I believe that everybody, no matter who they are, and I actually did a little uh, quote on this, and I'll probably be putting it up sh- uh, shortly. Um, I believe that everybody in the world um, has some form of... Um, um, I say cannabis is for everybody with a cognitive or sleep or anxiety or stress or life disorder that's just not yet diagnosed. And in this world that we're living in, definitely that is the case. Uh, cannabis can help people get through really tough, tough times without um, pharmacological um, other aids. But by calling it uh, a recreational product, especially in COVID where we can't literally recreate with people, it's a coping mechanism. And by calling it what it is, uh, it's a therapy of some kind and stop this medical recreational dichotomy um, that I think there's a lot more value in it that way. We're also going to... shine a spotlight uh, if you will on some uh, companies that are revolutionizing the cannabis industry um, change makers uh, we're calling this so what's the first company you would like to spotlight in this segment so the first company i want to talk about is rosebud um, cannabis farm rosebud cannabis farms um, really salt of the earth people they have decades of experience uh, growing cannabis under an ACMPR license in the Kootenays, in the heart of BC Bud. Um, they've been doing it for generations, and they're using techniques, uh, permaculture, living soil, ancient growing practices, and extracting and growing cannabis that smells like a fresh basket of fruit. Like, that's amazing. And they're and it's small bath and it's craft. And they're doing everything with the plant at a very low cost because all of their inputs uh, are natural, sun and soil and water. Um, They can do it for a very low cost and get a very high quality output. Um, And not necessarily major amounts. So we're talking about small craft, small batch and craft, which is really ideal. But I'm really excited with what these guys are working on um, and can't wait uh, for them to get their license. Well, listen, um, craft cannabis is uh, going to play such an important role as we move forward. And people can check it out at www.rosebudcannabisfarms.ca. Um, and, uh, you know, people more and more as new consumers get comfortable with cannabis are going to want uh, quality over quantity. Yeah, 
All right. Uh, what does it mean to be green uh, is the uh, final uh, portion of this segment. And this is how cannabis can heal the world and the whole plant solution. So what do you mean by this exactly? Well, I've touched on it a lot already, but I believe that there's more to cannabis than something that you're ingesting for therapeutic or medical purpose. Uh, you mentioned the hemp example. There are so many things that the cannabis plant can do. 50,000 uses is what the, the sort of the number is that can literally take the carbon and the pollution out of the air, uh, put it back into the soil and grow these amazing plants that will reverse climate change and allow us to live on this planet for a lot longer. And that's the green solution um, that combines all of the aspects of the best parts of the plant, about renewal uh, uh, and renewable energy and regenerative growing practices that the, the cannabis plant and all of the technology and innovation that people are coming up with around it is giving us another look at it. And that, I believe, is part of the, the uh, green generation um, healing the world solution uh it's uh, uh i think it's a, a terrific idea um i just hope more people keep uh jumping on uh, the green train whether that's uh, cannabis or uh, otherwise you can find out more information at www.greengencompany.com uh, malka will join us every week for the business of cannabis uh, thanks very much uh, for joining me on the uh, maiden voyage and i look forward to chatting you each week Thanks, Dean. Look forward to it. This is the Cannabis 101 podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. That was a good conversation, and I'm really looking forward to chatting with uh, Malka every Wednesday here on the Cannabis 101 podcast about the business of cannabis and exploring uh, different uh, parts of the industry, uh, different kind of companies, and all sorts of things. Uh, the list is virtually endless, so uh, this will be that'll be a lot of fun. You should also check out One Hitters with Malka, which will be coming out a little bit later on in the week. You can find that at www.cannabis101podcast.ca and that's where you can subscribe uh, for the Weed Weekly and like Brody, uh, be a monthly winner. So congratulations to Brody and thanks very much to Malka LaBelle from the Green Generation Co. What's happening? We'll tell you right now. This week in Cannabis News. Uh, my good friend David Wiley joins me as he does every week for This Week in Cannabis News. Uh, David is with The OZ, and you can follow him on Twitter, at WileyWriter, as well as at OkanaganZ. Uh, David, uh, welcome back to the show. How are things this week out in God's country, as they say? <laughs> Hello, everyone. Things are good, you know? Just uh, enjoying the changing weather and trying to get outside uh, when the sun decides shine on us yeah we've been getting some um beautiful sunshine we had a terrible terrible april um there was so much snow and cold and it's gone now and it seems like a, a faded memory as we were able to uh enjoy the outdoors um this first story we're going to chat about uh you know i i know there's some people that are happy uh, about this but 
just from the very beginning, um, this company, uh, Alifia Health Changes, has had a lot of questions about it. And now uh, the top two dogs, I guess you might say, have stepped down. They most certainly have. And both of those two dogs are um, very familiar to people in the cannabis industry, uh, notorious even. Um, you know, one of them is a former Toronto police chief and politician Julian Fantino. And he once compared, actually once compared legalizing weed to legalizing murder. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Fantino went on in 2017 after this, um, after his police and political career to open um, that what is Alethea these days. Him along with his partner, uh, also a former RCMP, Deputy Commissioner Raf Sukar. And uh, they have now announced that they're going to be both stepping down uh, as of May 15th. So to many who have been following this since this company really got off the ground, it really was the height of hypocrisy I mean, you've got two people um, who for years had fought uh, to put people in jail uh, over cannabis and, you know, even small, um, small crimes that involved it. And uh, you've got these guys opening up their own company. And meanwhile, you have people within the cannabis industry who fought for years and years to normalize it and legalize it, and they were shut out. So there were a lot of questions about this company at the beginning and how that uh, could be justifiable. And, you know, in fact, in a 27 interview with As It Happened, host Carol Off, she didn't hold back on her questioning. She said, as chief of police in Toronto, you were very strict about drugs. You put people in jail. There are people who are in jail because of people like you. Uh, you don't see the contradiction between your past life as chief of police. In this interview, Fantino replied, not at all. Mm. Uh, you know, he said that we're making a huge mistake if we believe that he put everyone in jail. Uh, you know, but uh, he says he gave all kinds of people breaks. Really, for a lot of folks, that doesn't matter. Uh, you know, it's, it's just a really hard pill to swallow. And uh, now him... Uh, him and his partner are both leaving the company and a lot of people out there are very happy about this announcement. Um, you know, there's some speculation as to where Fantino is going to go next. And as far as I'm concerned, I don't care as long as it's not back in the cannabis industry. Uh, and if he is back in the cannabis industry, whatever company decides that they want to bring him on their board or wherever they bring him on, you know, I, I'll be the first to say that I will not be buying from them. Yeah, this is, uh, you know, if it, it's interesting, when, when searching around about this story, I came across vice.com. They have a list of uh, who they perceive to be hypocrites in cannabis in Canada. And uh, um, Fantino uh, and his, uh, I guess his sidekick or whatever, uh, Raf Sukar, I, I think I pronounced that properly, they're at the top of the list. Like the, these two guys who were both involved uh, in, in law enforcement before and, and responsible, as you mentioned, for people going to jail. They're at the top of that list when it comes to hypocr hypocrisy in cannabis in, in Canada. I don't know what company would bring these two guys on. Uh, it's it's almost like they're red flagged within the cannabis community. Yeah, is, you know, I'm not the first person or the only person to express their uh, disgust of 
uh, bringing on people who really have made their previous career, um, you know, putting putting people who support cannabis in jail. So no thanks. All right, uh, let's move on uh, to, um, well, well, for some people, that is a good story that those guys are uh, out of it. And let's move on to a, an even better true, true. story, um, if that's the case. And, and, and you know, I had uh, a gentleman, Hattie Feltham, from Square Foot Grow Systems on last week. And one of the things we talked about was getting the legacy market uh, or whatever you want to call it involved in the in the growing process. And um, this next story isn't, I'm not sure if it's, this is, fits exactly that, but it's craft cannabis and seven acres. Uh, I'm really excited about this, but also because maybe this is the trickle down of getting those people involved. There's a lot of really smart growers out there that can get involved in craft or micro, uh, uh growing, whatever you want, want to call it. And I love that seven acres is really starting to kind of get the ball rolling on this. Yeah, they sure are. Long before legalization, BC has been known for uh, its bud. And uh, I'm excited to see what the craft side of the biz has to offer because Seven Acres with their new craft collective is going to be um, launching in the BC market um, with, a, with a pink cush. So they're focused on um, bringing that craft product, a small batch, um, you know, the, the, the stuff that really has its own individual kind of mark to it, uh, to the market. And Seven Acres itself has a really strong reputation for being a great grower and and making sure that great products are coming on um, through them. And I think that my favorite strains always include stuff from that company. Um, And there's not a lot of companies who could pull off trying to bring to life a craft market because, you know, there are some that maybe don't produce the greatest product, so we may have a little laugh uh, if they decided to come out and say that they're gonna gonna really bring out that sma- that small batch stuff. Um, and you know, for Seven Acres, it's they said that this is an opportunity that they've identified that these uh, smaller and craft producers can quickly bring um, cultivars that we really want to see to the market. And, you know, it's uh, it, it's a bit of a faster process when you're growing. Uh, small amounts and rather rather than growing massive greenhouses um, so and it, you know there's a greater variety of products so this is great it's going to be launching across the country in different markets uh, and keep an eye out wherever you are for whatever is coming and, and again this isn't just the seven acres thing this is the start of a trend that we're going to be seeing where uh, where craft growers um, are able to bring their expertise in all kinds of different ways. So, you know, hurrah, I'm, I'm excited to see what's coming. I, I totally agree with you. Uh, you know, Seven Acres is, um, you know, one of those uh, producers that I, I love their slogan. It's right over my, I guess it would be this shoulder, uh, in, in my studio, uh, respect <laughs> the plant. It's It's their motto. They respect the plant. Mm-hmm. Um, it's quantity uh, over quality. And that's what every cannabis connoisseur and and newcomers to cannabis should want is, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying there isn't a, a place for the mass producer that's maybe at a, a lower price, but uh, craft cannabis, um, you know, hand trimmed, all that beautiful stuff that people can do with time um, is, uh, is I think, where a lot of the market is going to go. I mean, you know, the craft beer market uh, is, is really starting to take off, and I think craft cannabis could be the same. 
Yeah, it it really could, and uh, I'm hoping that also we're going to start to see those uh, those punny names that uh, we tend to see in the craft beer market. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I uh, uh, that's be that'd be a nice uh, side benefit to that as well. Um, well, uh, David, we know. Uh, that the cannabis industry uh, was in a little bit of a, a downturn before COVID-19. And now the impact of COVID-19 um, is, is you know, affecting the long-term approach uh, when, when it comes to, you know, forecast and, and sales. And, and when it comes to uh, one bank in particular, uh, some of those forecasts have been slashed. They sure have. It's, you know, it's been clear for about four months now that 2020 was going to be miserable. Um, it turns out that CIBC Capital Markets is also seeing that glass half empty, and uh, it's the investment banking subsidiary to uh, Canadian Imperial Bank of Commerce, uh, for anyone who's wondering. And now they've slashed their cannabis sales forecast for 2020 by a billion dollars, so down from $2.5 billion to $3.4 billion. And that's 2020. 2021 also uh, slashed from $4.1 uh, sorry, down to 4.1 billion from 5.5 billion. So these are big changes, um, and they still seem optimistic uh, when you compare them to last year's sales, which was 1.2 billion. So the the forecast is actually still um, projected to more than double last year. Uh, maybe that's a silver lining. Um, you know, and this number also should say doesn't include medical sales. Mm-hmm. So. In this report, it was kind of interesting to read them giving a slap on the wrist to cannabis companies over what they call their lack of readiness <laughs> for 2.0 categories, um, including edibles, extracts, topicals. So basically, they said, uh, CIBC said that we had a, a cannabis company saying they were ready, that they were going to bring some great products to the market, uh, and then 2.0 kicked in, and there was nothing. So in a, in a lot of markets, it still seems like maybe some of these products, uh, especially supplies and varieties, are lacking. Um, that did not escape CIBC's notice. And uh, one of the, a few things they said that are actually positive from the COVID-19 crisis, and it's always nice to, to get at least a little bit of good news mixed in with the bad, um, they said that this has brought on a forced innovation and are expecting to see two years' worth of innovations in only two months, citing things like a curbside pickup, direct delivery from stores, digital ordering, uh, and text message notifications. So there's, uh, you know, a a lot to be said about uh, how a market and industry can change in a crisis. Well, most definitely, uh, we we are seeing um, some reaction to that, and and, it, and it's good to see that some of those implica- impli- uh, things have been implicated or implemented. Rather, um, the mm-hmm. the one thing I found interesting about this, and and you know the the forecast uh, coming down. Uh, because a lot of these shops have had to stop their rollouts and, and, you know, there's a lot of places you you look in Alberta, there's almost 450 stores here in Alberta. There would be more if the rollout hadn't, uh, the COVID hadn't stopped the rollout. I think you guys in BC, it uh, says have just over 180, but Ontario, <laughs> there were supposed to be a whole bunch of stores opening in the last little while that haven't been able to do it uh, because of the situation we're in. And, and that's one thing that they're looking at as, as being a big impact for this forecast being slashed. It's a big problem when you, when you have a product and nowhere to sell it. 
Um, not everybody wants to buy online. In fact, I think online is only about 10% of actual purchases. Um, so, you know, 90% of product is being bought in brick and mortar. And if you don't have stores open, well, where are you going to go? Mm-hmm. Well, and that's why I think delivery is, uh, is so important, uh, especially for the next story and the final story that we're going to talk about as we're joined by David Wiley from the OZ. You can follow him on Twitter at Wiley Writer <laughs> and at Okanagan Z. And seniors are getting high at uh, um, a large rate. And, and I've been banging this drum for a while that this is a fast growing demographic. This is why I think we should have delivery, especially at this time, because seniors are vulnerable, the most vulnerable right now uh, to, to going outdoors. So, um, you know, I, I think maybe it's coming, uh, but I, I know that senior market from talking to people in stores is just exploding right now. It, it sure is. And it has um, really been trending upward since legalization. I remember the conversations and and how different they are uh, back when I was a teenager about cannabis. So it's usually centered around me being sent uh, sent to my room, <laughs> banished to play video games. <laughs> Versus now, my conversations with my parents, my mom in particular, uh, has been asking me all kinds of different questions about CBD and THC and uh, the different teas and chocolates on the market. So I've been sending my mom, uh, by the way, here's a good PSA that Mother's Day is coming up. Yes. All my friends out there. Uh, and I've been sending my mom things like teas and chocolates to, uh, to help her get familiar with uh, the cannabis products that are out there. Uh, and it, it's amazing how many more people in the 65 and over demographic are, uh, have tried cannabis since it's legalized. Um, you know, I'll, I'll hit you with some numbers. Statistics Canada shows that um, that of people who are 65 and over, it's it's going upward and hovering now somewhere between 4% and 7.5% of people. So if mm. you do a little bit of math, uh, since legalization, we've probably seen an increase of about 200,000 grandmas and grandpas out there across Canada who are trying cannabis or using cannabis and didn't before. That's a, that's a lot of people. Um, you know, maybe your mom and dad, uh, our grandma, grandpa are out there trying it. You don't even know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's pretty fascinating. A lot of these older folks um, are even new to it completely. Yeah. You have a, you have a bunch of people of course out there who have, who have um, used and loved and known cannabis uh, for a long, long time. And there are others who this is just brand new to them because it is a legal market now. And the stigmas that we've been talking about is since we first started talking, Dean, are starting to shift and starting to lift. And people are more interested and, uh, and want to give it a shot. So uh, this is, it's a great trend. And it's offering a lot of people some relief for the pain um, that they've been suffering and the sleeplessness that they're suffering because of that kind of pain that increases and stays with you as you get older and older. You're, you're, yeah, it's, uh, it's such a great, fascinating, um, excitable trend. Um, and, and in some cases you're right. Uh, your grandparents may be using this and you don't know it because maybe they don't want <laughs> to tell their friends yeah. or, 
whatever it is that they have a secret stash of cookies or something like that. <laughs> uh, uh, but it's also great that, you know, seniors complexes are having educators come in and talk to them about cannabis mm -hmm. because they're requesting it or they're going to the stores themselves in groups or individuals. I mean, oftentimes I'll walk into a cannabis store and there'll be somebody uh, in their seventies in there asking questions. And I just get so excited about it because, you know, I know it can help. I know what it can do. I know what it's done for me and I know what it can do uh, for other people, whether on the medicinal side or, or just for pure enjoyment. So this is one of the, the happier stories that I love discussing. And the fact that we're seeing that that generation ask for the information is even better. It's a beautiful thing. A lot of retailers that I've spoken to uh, specifically are looking to hire people who are 65 or older so that when these customers are coming in, they have someone that's familiar to speak to them and maybe has uh, some of the same questions that they do. That's uh, such a, a really, really good point. Uh, David, thanks as always for joining us here on This Week in Cannabis News. You can sign up uh, or join the uh, newsletter at okanaganz.com. Uh, check out the website, okanaganz.com slash OZ, and make sure you're giving them a follow on Twitter at okanaganz at Wiley Ryder. Enjoy the sunshine, David. Can't wait to chat next week and find out what else is going on in the world of cannabis news. You too, my friend. Take care. This is a serious message. Peace and love. Peace and love. Want to remind you that the Cannabis Hemp Expo that was supposed to be held last weekend, obviously didn't happen, has been rescheduled until October 3rd and 4th at the Edmonton Expo Center. The Cannabis 101 podcast will be on location. We will have a booth there. We will be podcasting from the event. So if you want to be on an episode, come on and see us in October. You can get more details and tickets at CannabisHempExpo.com. That's www.CannabisHempExpo.com. Uh, we will be there with a booth. Uh, looking forward to seeing and meeting uh, the listeners of the Cannabis 101 podcast you got a joint uh no not on me man <laughs> it'd be a lot cooler if you did time now for cannabis characters dopest dope i've ever smoked celebrating the best from fictional 420 film hey i am your soda <laughs> and beyond maybe go with that man uh, is it heavy stuff, man? <laughs> Our cannabis character today is Johnny Drama uh, from Entourage, played by Kevin Dillon. Uh, a hilarious character. Great show if you've never watched it. I've watched it three or four times. Um, but Drama doesn't smoke as much as Turtle or even Vince. But uh, when he does, he goes full out. Uh, like he does most things. Johnny Drama really... Uh, did everything at one level, and it was 110%. Um, and then there's the time that uh, he got really high trying to impress his young castmates on this new TV show he was in. So in his trailer before a scene, uh, Johnny Drama went full Johnny Drama with the bong. I'll take that, and I'll smoke. Pack that shit tight. You out of your mind, Drama. 
smoke, 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 What? Are you okay? Why is everyone looking at me? Because you're talking? I'm not talking, you're talking. Relax, drama. That is the great uh, Johnny drama. Um, it's such a fun show. He, he just, uh, Kevin Dillon is a, is a really funny actor. Um, and then... Uh, you get Johnny Drama High. It's uh, it's pretty good. There's a lot of weed humor in Entourage. Turtle smokes a ton of it. Uh, Vince, the the I guess the the lead actor, uh, he smokes a, a ton of it too. So, going with Johnny Drama as our cannabis character on this week's episode. Dopest dope I've ever smoked. Want to let you know that you can get fifty percent off your DNA kit when you use the promo kit promo code cannabis. 101 at lobogene.com head to the lobo genetics website www.lobogene.com use the promo code cannabis 101 all one word cannabis 101 get 50 percent off your dna kit you can find out how you metabolize uh, thc how it affects uh, your memory if it does uh, your mental health if it does uh, there's a lot of uh, interesting things that your DNA can tell you about your cannabis use and you can fine tune your cannabis use. And then when you get your profile, so what happens is you get your DNA kit, take a swab, send it back. They set up your profile and then they start making recommendations on what strains fit your profile. It's really like having a, your own bud tender. So use the promo code cannabis 101, all one word, Get 50% off your DNA kit at Lobogene.com. What's that strain? Let's find out with Chris Ironson, Nova Cannabis store manager and educator. I am once again joined by our educator here on the Cannabis 101 podcast and the manager of the Nova Cannabis Jasper Avenue location in Edmonton. My good friend Chris Ionson is with me. Chris, how are you today? Uh, hi, Dean. I'm, I'm doing great. Uh, thanks for having me. No problem. Uh, always great to have you. Uh, popped into the store the other day uh, to say hi and pick up our strain and uh, things... Uh, Things seem to be steady. Uh, you know, I, I've been to, I, I try to get around to as many different stores as possible and just, uh, you know, check things out and say hi to people. I, I'm never alone in the store. There's always somebody coming in. So it seems like there's still a steady flow to the cannabis stores. Um, yeah, there, there is definitely. Um, I, I think we're starting to see a lot more people now are, are you know, uh, calling into the stores, uh, ordering online with our, our Leafly pickup. You can see the menu online to try and, uh, limit time in stores, but I think uh, there's a lot of people that are you know out of work right now, and uh, you know if, if I got days off, uh, I, I need cannabis uh, for sure. Uh, so uh, you know we've kind of become essential uh, in that sense. Uh, yeah, it's, it's going well. My my staff they're killing it. Uh, you know we've got 
this, you know, the store, we've got the menus on the wall, the, we've got the, the shields uh, at the mm-hmm. tills and, uh, you know, we're disinfecting all the time. So it's, uh, you know, we're doing what we can and uh, yeah, it's going really well. All right, let's chat about our strain today. We are doing Cali O, which is a hybrid uh, from Kiwi Cannabis. That's the LP. So tell us a little bit about Kiwi Cannabis. Yeah, for sure. So uh, Kiwi Cannabis is uh, is a recreational brand um, that uh, you know used to be under the the, the brand Marican, uh, and Marican uh, had uh, three recreational brands: uh, Kiwi Cannabis, High Tide, and Northern Harvest. And you might have seen those those brands uh, within the recreational stores. Um, so Marican was the kind of the umbrella company, um, and then they. Uh, they did a name change, uh, changed up some of their leadership, uh, and came became the Wayland Group. And uh, they were founded in 2013. Uh, and they're based out of uh, Burlington, Ontario. Uh, and they've also got uh, a facility in uh, Munich, Germany. And like their main production facility uh, is in Langton, Ontario. And uh, they've been operating since 2013 as a as a medical uh, cannabis provider until legalization. Uh, and then once that hit, they, they jumped right in and they had all the regulations uh, set up with the government of Canada. So this is a, a fairly new company, like a, a lot of them, and, and started on uh, the medical side, uh, branding into the, the rec side. But it hasn't exactly been smooth sailing since 2013. Uh, their, their short past history has, uh, has some storms in it. Yeah, it, it does. Uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, and in, in my research, you know, trying to to track down, you know, Americans' website, uh, Wayland Group's website, uh, you know, got really nowhere. Uh, there's, I think, those they've been kind of shut down. Um, with uh, with this company, like in late 2019, uh, the the Wayland Group, they filed for creditor protection, um, and they've not produced cas- positive cash flow since inception. It's kind of always been in the hole. Uh, and then they did sell uh, the company to, uh, to a, a group called the uh, Cryptologic Corp uh, for 57.5 million common shares in Crypto Corp's company, uh, which is deemed at about $4 a share, so it's approximately $230 million. Uh, they're still selling the cannabis right now, currently, under the American name. So, so when you do pick up, uh, you know, a 3.5 from the company, it does say on the, you know, on the box, American's website, which... Um, unfortunately, it takes you nowhere. Um, but yeah, the companies they the companies encountered all kinds of problems. Uh, yeah, I mean, first in uh, in 2017, uh, in, in March, they had a, a windstorm that uh, hit their Ontario production facility, nice. uh, destroying destroying crops in two of uh, five of their greenhouses. And uh, Wayland waited six months to publicly disclo- disclose the damage. So that kind of like hit them hard it also makes them you know makes you look a little shady um you know to your investors and uh to, to everybody uh and then uh in in february 2018 uh, the company came under scrutiny from the ontario securities commission uh for failing to disclose to investors uh, that it's then ceo ben ward uh was the subject of a osc investigations for his actions at a previous company so um they didn't disclose that they should have uh, and he has actually since been charged for allegedly making uh, some misleading statements while fundraising. So, uh, kind of a bum rap. Uh, that you know they filed for creditor protection. Um, not necessarily a big success story uh, with this one, Dean. Mm-hmm. Unfortunate. Um, 
you know, you, you really hope they can then turn it around. Um, and, and, and I, I, I don't know if they can, hopefully they'll be around, but uh, I guess the, the kind of the moral of the, the tough news is that it is in Alberta right now. So you might want to get this while you can, depending on how long this, this company is around for. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all, all three of the brands that that, uh, that are under that American umbrella are, are quality stuff. Uh, every time I've gotten it, it's it's been great. It's uh, well priced. You know, it's uh, kind of mid range for for high quality stuff. Uh, all, all their cannabis is hand trimmed, um, covered in trichomes usually. So mm-hmm. yeah, definitely get it while you can. Okay, so uh, uh, trouble immediate past and. I would say murky past when it comes to the history. And for those watching on YouTube or the WeTube or during our social media streams, you're looking at this uh, beautiful looking cannabis. But Chris, we don't know a whole lot about where it comes from other than that it was created in the 80s. And and I guess that that kind of gives us an opportunity to to make our best guess that I guess maybe at, at what this lineage might be based on, you know, maybe the taste, the look, uh, the terpene profile, which we'll get to. But, you know, what do you think about this lineage? Yeah, for sure. I, I had some thoughts about it. Uh, I, I definitely think there's there's some kind of a citrus uh, cannabis strain in there, maybe an agent orange um, crossed with like, a, you know, an unknown CBD strain or, you know, a skunk haze or um, a canatonic, like, um yeah, it's it's interesting though. Like you know, we will encounter some strains where you know the genetics are. It's a bit murky. Where uh, you know we're not exactly quite sure what you know what's create how it's cre- been created. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely you know a, a great a great CBD like balanced strain. Um, the flavor of it is is very citrusy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that we're doing by the way uh, a strain, and we're going to get to. Uh, who it's for in death, but but this is a strain that literally anybody uh, can get something out of, whether you're brand new, never used cannabis, or, or very experienced. And the kind of the the some of the history we know uh, about this uh, in particular, um, well, we don't know a lot about the lineage, but we do know that this was a, a very famous outdoor uh, a seed that was uh, perfected indoors overseas. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, you know, it started in California, uh, and it was brought over to Holland. Uh, and we've heard that story, you know, a few times since we've been doing doing this, where you know uh, things get perfected over there. So uh, you know, they take this outdoor grown seed, uh, you know, take it to Holland, and and they work it, uh, you know, and create uh, this this perfect indoor seed uh, for for greenhouse growers. Uh, yeah, it's a uh, yeah, the California orange bud is, you know, it's a plant with uh, plenty of power uh, in terms of like its, it's THC, CBD, the terpene profile, and the amazing like zest. Uh, and the, the taste is superb on this one. Okay, so uh, we usually tell you about a website. Uh, unfortunately, this time uh, we, we can't. When you go to uh, www.kiwicannabis.ca, it says coming soon. And you mentioned about some of the other websites. So, so we'll, we'll skip over that right to the THC slash CBD levels. And and this is one of the first strains other than when we did the 12 strains of Christmas that, that has an, an, an abundance of, of CBD. So what are we looking at with this one and, and how does that maybe balance out with each other? Yeah, for sure. So, uh, THC levels, we got a uh, 6.42. So that's kind of like, uh, 
uh, entry level uh, uh, to do a mid range, um, and then nine point five two on CBD, which is uh, that's that's rather high for a CBD strain. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's uh, I mean with that, like I find strains that have a higher CBD uh, content to them um, are going to kind of like chill out some of the some of the wild THC properties. Right. Um, yeah. Kind of lessen some of those effects and, and everyone will react to it differently. But um, through my experience, when I smoke a balanced strain, um, I find that uh, you know, I'm a bit more in control, uh, <laughs> uh, which could be a good thing. I mean, sometimes I, that's where that's what I'm after mm-hmm. uh, kind of keeping uh, you know my head about me instead of, now letting it float a couple of feet above me. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that, I think I think uh, the word balance is is perfect. Is that this is going to give you a, a little bit of a THC high, but more so, it's going to relax you, and it's just a really nice for, uh, way for somebody to to ease their way in. Um, what about the name? What's in a name with Calio? Yeah, I think it just it just has to do with uh, where it originated uh, in the eighties there, California, uh, and the flavor too, and the, the smell of it too. It's um, yeah, I feel like if uh, if someone had you know blindfolded me and had me smell the Calio, you know, I, my first go to would be got to be something orangey, like mm-hmm. just. Um, so yeah, I think uh, you know it's been called California Orange or California Orange Bud or COB. Um, Kiwi just went with the Calio. Yeah, it uh, seems uh, fitting, and and why mess with it? All right, uh, let's talk about the look. Uh, for those watching, you can see um, that it comes in a tub. And uh, a box. I'm not sure that's uh, 100% necessary. Now, I don't know all the restrictions or the packaging that has to happen, but I think we could probably start doing away with boxes. Uh, this tub su- is sufficient on its own, is it not? It is. You got all the all the warning labels, all the information, the logo, uh, the excise sticker. You can put uh, a lot of times they'll put the excise sticker on the box, Dean, so that you know when you get in, the tub doesn't have a sticker on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's really really not that necessary, um, and, and a lot of the LPs are are breaking away from the boxes. Um, we're going to see in the coming weeks uh, as the new product arrives into the warehouse, um, less boxes, uh, specifically uh, Canica and Hexo are, are you know breaking away from that, uh, which is great because it's really you know not needed. Uh, doesn't you know keep in the tub, uh, it stacks properly, you can still display it. Um, yeah. Unnecessary. I, I don't think you need the box. And and as for the tub size, it's perfect size for uh, for three and a half grams. So uh, without the box, it would be even better. Then when you open the tub and you get to look at it, uh, man, the first thing I noticed was the uh, the pistols. But you know, what do you see mm-hmm. when you look at this? As as our viewers are what looking at it right now. Yeah, it's uh, you know, tight and, and and leafy, pale green buds, but it's kind of like a vivid green. Um, yeah. The, the the pistols too. Uh, I I was a big fan when I first cracked mine. Uh, definitely noticed that it was you know they were screaming at me from inside the uh, container. Really nice trim job too. Uh, I think that has to do with the the human hand trimming uh, that they do over at Kiwi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh it's it's a good looking bud. Uh, uh really really uh enjoy this uh and and i really like the uh, terpene profile as well uh you know i'm a sucker for caryophylline but one of the leading terpenes is the, in this is one of my newer favorites that i'm really starting to like so uh, let's talk about the terpene profile for calio for sure so uh the dominant terpene is limonene uh which as could be predicted it's a, you know that citrus kind of 
flavor and smell. Um, goes well with Cali, California oranges. Uh, pining is in there too, and that's that kind of piney, woodsy uh, smell and flavor. And then linalool, uh, your new fave there, and that's uh, kind of the florally uh, flavors to it. Yeah, it's got. Uh, I I I always like I say I think lavender or uh, you know lilacs because it reminds me of walking past the flower garden of uh, my mom's uh, when I was a kid. So I always get a good memory uh, when I experience. Uh, linalool. So uh, I, I think people are going to really enjoy the combination of uh, those terpenes uh, when, when they're looking for whatever desired effect, which we should talk about. Everybody is a little bit different. And if mm-hmm. you are brand new to cannabis, um, you'll have a much different experience probably than you or I would. So, but what is the general desired effect when, uh, you know, you think or, or your experience with Calio? Yeah, it's uh, definitely an upbeat. Uh Kind of a fun, clear-headed, mellow high. Um, like it's nothing, nothing too crazy, nothing too intense. Uh, very relaxing on the body. Um, and that's due to that, that CBD content that, uh, you know, a lot of us aren't used to if, uh, if you're a commonly a THC person. Um, but I, I do find, Dean, uh, I, I've encountered people at the store that, that you know, that come in and um, they stick to these balanced strains. And they, they work just great for them. So it's, it's nice to see you know a market for it. Yeah, I, I totally uh, agree, man. I think it, it's great to see people um, choosing these, even more experienced people choosing these, uh, because it's not all about uh, just blasting off all the time. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's not, uh, for sure. It's, I mean, I, I like to have multiple. I, right now, geez, I'm looking at my uh, my coffee table. I've got like eight different strains uh, here and it kind of, it kind of depends on what I'm in the mood for. Uh, if I want to make a mix, uh, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of, it's all situational really. For sure. <laughs> you know, you know, I look at this strain and, um, you know, I, I, I'm not recommending that you, you consume this and drive a forklift because you never drive, uh, when using oh. cannabis. But if you're like me and you, you know, work from home and you kind of work for yourself and your boss gives you permission during the day, why not mm-hmm. uh, use a little bit of this if you're looking for some focus and creativity and a little bit of a boost, you know, providing, you know, you don't have anything, uh, uh, you know, super important or, or driving, things like that, what I'm talking yeah. about. Uh, if you're yeah. at home, I think this is a great strain, especially for somebody that's new to cannabis. You got a little bit of a time you can just work on and see how that creativity uh, affects you and, and how this strain does it because it is so high in CBD. Yeah. Yeah, definitely Dean. Uh, I, I think, uh, I have to agree with that. Like if I had the, the option to work from home, uh, exactly in that scenario, I think that this, this would be a good strain to like, you know, keep a smile on your face, uh, you know, and, and the, the burst of creativity too. Uh, I definitely find this, this is a good strain to kind of get that going. So, um, and it's also a strain too, where, uh, you know, you're, you're not going to be gooned. Uh, right. it's, not one of, it's not one of those strains where, you know, you talk to someone or you, you see someone and they just, they know well, this guy's been smoking cannabis clearly, like look at him, listen to him. Uh, I don't think you get, you get that with the Calio. So, uh, yeah, I would have to agree with that statement. Yeah. A productive strain, uh, for sure. Uh, so, uh, who, what, and when, and, and I love this because one of the things that you're going to mention in in what you're doing, I actually did today. So uh, lay on <laughs> us the uh, the three W's: who, what, and when. For sure. So um, for the who, it's uh, beginners. I, I, but it's also 
anyone, right? But uh, ideally, this is a great beginner strain, getting into cannabis, just dipping your toe in the waters. Um, anyone looking to get a you know tasty, tasty strain that won't won't overpower. Uh, but I mean, even if someone like myself, I guess I consider myself to be an expert smoker. Uh, I'm, I'm down with this beginner strain too. It, it serves a purpose. Uh, it provides an effect. Sorry, this is kind of a strain for everybody, Dean. Mm-hmm. I, I, I love the, uh, listening to music and that's what I did today. I had some work to do. Uh, yeah. I, I had another podcast to do, so I didn't, you know, I didn't want to get out of hand, but I wanted to give this a try. So I, I listened to some music, did some editing and, and consumed this today for a little bit. And it, it was perfectly up that alley for kind of really getting into a groove of a song. Yeah. Yeah. It's good for that for sure. Yeah. Listening to music for sure on the what, uh, also good for like, you know, video games, watching TV, cooking, being in the kitchen, yeah. uh, stimulating the mind, you know, uh, as we kind of mentioned with the creativity. So if you want to do some art, uh, do some writing, drawing, um, it's a good good strain for that. Um, as, as for the when, uh, it's kind of an all all day strain. Uh, it's, it's got a nice fifty fifty balance there, so um, you know it's not going to fully like. I, I mean, I wouldn't recommend like necessarily right before bed, um, unless maybe you're having a, a big big fatty of it. This is kind of one of those strains that, with the heavier dosing, uh, it can kind of lead to indica-like uh body feelings and sensations mm. so but i mean if you're just having you know a regular sized uh, joint of it or a bowl of it uh, you're consuming it you're smoking it uh it's really good for for throughout the day uh nice for awake and bake you start the day off right uh kind of get you in the right uh, in the right mindset um yeah that's the who, what, where, when yeah <laughs> i like it uh it, it's it gives you a, a lot of options with it and uh, when we talk about uh, the taste test, um, you know, the first thing, as I mentioned to you uh, before, was that that strong smell, the earthy, pungent uh, smell. Um, what do you get uh, when, when you taste this, um, aside from the smell? Uh, I definitely get those floral hints, that lavender hints, the linalool. I certainly tasted that very, very strongly. But what else do you get for taste test? Yeah, so definitely floral uh, and, and pine. Uh, floral mm-hmm. and pine, kind of like a, a woodsy flavor to it uh, with zest of orange kind of throughout. So there's uh, constantly the, the orange flavor kind of uh, percolating there. Uh, really smooth too, I, I thought. Um, it was really, really well done, bud. Um, and this might sound weird, uh, but the, the couple of joints of it that I've had recently... Um, they're kind of like cool hoots, uh, somewhat like chilled hoots. Uh, as, as I take the pull, it kind of, I, I feel like a cooling sensation. So maybe there's like, you know, a terpene providing kind of like a eucalyptus or uh, some kind of like mint to it. Yeah, like spearmint or something like that. Yeah, uh, that's that's definitely what I got out of this batch that, that I picked up. I grabbed a, a 3.5 with the same stuff you got. So, um well, everybody yeah, was, does uh, react differently, right? As as we often say, so you might get a hint of something that that I don't, yeah. and vice versa. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody's different. Everyone's got a different endocannabinoid system, a different biology. You know, we all react differently. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of the fun part about cannabis is that it's you know an individual journey. A hundred percent. And this one has been fun. Uh, this has been uh, Calio. Uh, and it's uh, a hybrid from Kiwi Cannabis, uh, a really great beginner strain. If you've never experienced cannabis before, 
this is one you can ease into with if you have experienced cannabis before but you're still in the beginner stage perfect for you and, and even for veteran smokers as you and i are consumers as you and i consider ourselves it's a nice different ride every once in a while um, we always talk about uh, it's not always about thc i always say it's not about getting high it's about getting healthy perfect example is this strain isn't it yeah well said dean yeah it's uh it's a good one it's uh, i'm real glad we you know went with the, with the balance strain i always get so excited about the high thc stuff but like this is this is important too this is a big part of cannabis so 100 percent uh thank you as, as always chris uh, stay safe stay healthy and i look forward to doing another strain with you next week right on dean thanks for having me bud dope flower ganja mary jane we all have our own language when it comes to cannabis herb john lennon plant Salad. So let's explore another weed word of the day. Samuel L. Jackson, The Hobbit's Leaf, Lady Gaga, 420. So many great uh, words for weed. Uh, this is the weed word of the day uh, where I just highlight a, a different word. Uh, that either I used or have learned about. And uh, so for today, the uh, weed word of the day is herb. Uh, I love the term herb. I don't know if it's from Herb Tarlick from WKRP in Cincinnati, but uh, I, I love it. And it's pretty obvious. And you look at uh, uh, some marijuana, and uh, especially if it's ground up, it looks like uh, it could be in your uh, little pantry. Uh, so, and maybe some people do keep their uh, marijuana in the pantry. So, uh, the weed word of the day for me today is herb but i'd love to hear from you uh what do you call cannabis what is your uh weed word uh hit me up on any of our social media feeds uh, twitter we're at the cannabis 101 you can find us on instagram at the cannabis 101 podcast on facebook you can find us at cannabis 101 podcast and you can uh, email us as well cannabis101podcast.ca and you can find past episodes subscribe for the weed weekly and more at www.cannabis101podcast.ca this is the cannabis 101 podcast your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. All right, uh, that is just going to about uh, wrap things up uh, for this episode. Uh, really like to thank Malka LaBelle from the Green Generation Co., who will join me every week for the business of cannabis during the Cannabis 101 podcast. Our other uh, usual weekly suspects, uh, we're back again, David Wiley from the OZ and Chris Ionson, our educator from Nova Cannabis. Uh, thank you so much for joining us on the program. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, uh, please leave us a review. Really helps us to improve the program. And I really do appreciate uh, those of you uh, that have left uh, previous reviews for us uh, on Apple Podcasts and other. It, it's, a, it's a big benefit. If you'd like to be a part of the program, if you think you would make a good guest, or if you'd like to be an advertiser, 
hit me up on email at cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. That's cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. Thanks very much for tuning in, everybody. It was a pleasure uh, chatting with you again. Uh, Remember, it's not just about getting high. It's about getting healthy. And I leave you with another one from the artist, My Dead Dog. Uh, This is our extra song here on the Cannabis 101 podcast, Marijuana. See you next week. Yeah.